Welcome to the Bob and Cherry Show with Bob. I think you can look at me and say, oh, that is one hip guy. <laughs> Not much Every gets day. by him. And Cherry. Oh, okay, I'm good. I'm loaded. And now broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Cherry Studios, it's Bob and Cherry. Woo, I made it in last night, pretty late, but I made it in time to come to work today. I had a very whirlwind trip out west to see my mom. She's 80 now, which blows my mind. But she'll she? tell me she'll, yeah. she'll say, Sherry, I'm 80. And I'm like, yeah, Max's parents are 101 uh, amateur hour. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's yeah. see what Slacker. you got, friend. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I had a very, very um, brief visit with her. I just zoomed out there because, you know, she's by herself and she's 80. And um, and we, we did all fun things this time. I don't know if I told you guys, but when I saw my mom earlier in the summer and I had COVID and my mom was like, you're coming anyway. I don't care that you have COVID. We'll just be careful. And she didn't get it which, I mean, I was so worried about giving my mom COVID, right? But she didn't get it, and, and the trip went fine. Um, she had a list of fun activities for us to do. We were we were going to go to the bank and to the crematorium. Did I tell you about that? <clears throat> the, the crematorium? Yeah, did I? I didn't tell you guys about that. Huh. So my mom has very specific... Look at Bob's face. <laughs> um, just, you, you're just going to have to give me a moment. Uh, when, when you are pairing... We had fun activities, and the second activity is visiting the crematorium. Well, my mom, uh, and, my mom, and every program director in radio is shaking right now. Um, well, my mom, as you know, because um, you've chatted with her just recently on the phone, like my mom right. has very specific plans and um, wishes, very specific. And I am the person who's going to carry her wishes out for her. I'm the what do you call that? The executor. executor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the, ex- like it is on me to make sure that my mom's wishes are carried out and buddy, are they specific? So, um, we, we went to the crematorium and she showed me that this is the crematorium. <laughs> mm-hmm. Allie, <clears throat> I ha- honey, I haven't seen you in a while. Could you, yeah. Did you have the weekend off? Oh, good. Oh, oh, Tim's busy. Fantastic. Could you come in? You know, I just, I've got some activities. Um, well, we're going to start then, at the crematorium. Then my mom led me to the shelf um, in her closet where my first sisters are um, currently being stored. Their cremains, Millie and Lily, <laughs> my mom's dogs. Hey, Max, this mom, is getting better, isn't boy, it? It really As it goes is. Along. Yeah. <laughs> my death, mom sat the me death, down. Sh- the death shelf. I've never heard of one before. Go ahead. Does <laughs> your mother mom, want to be up there on the death shelf? Did, oh, did no. She... she sat me down and she said, I'm going to tell you what I want. And I, I need you to listen to me. And this is what I want. And I need you to promise me that you're going to do this. And I was like, Abs- absolutely. I mean, I've, I've already had a whirlwind trip to the crematorium. <laughs> what next? My mom said, this is Millie and this is Lily. I want you to, um, after my, my cremates are ready, I want, you to, I want you to mix us all together into one box. And no, then t- she did not say, you're making this up for radio. I am not, I am not buying this. I'm not making this, this up. I'm not, this is so morbid. Who would make this up? Well, well probably um, no one because they would have a more successful career than I do. So she's like, I want you to promise me. Look at me, Sherry. Look at me and promise me. You're going to mingle us all together 
And then you're going to take us to Star Valley and put us with Ted. Ted is my stepfather who died um, back in 2008. Um, and I said, so you don't want to be like all three of you interred with Ted. You want me to mix you all together. She's like, I want to be mingled with my dogs and made me promise in writing that I would do that. And I promised in writing that I would do that. And then I was told that there is to be, she wants no service of any kind. She said, now this, my mom grew up in Goomba, South Philly, where funerals were like prom and homecoming. They were such an occasion yeah, for right. feasting and, and catching up on yeah, the gossip. And gossip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my mom said, I have gone to all the funerals that I'm going to in my life because she's super active in her church and mm -hmm. she's on like the funeral food committee or whatever. She's like, I will not have it. If you try to have a funeral, I will haunt you. And I was like, but mom, like, what about like family? Like they want to, she said, they can join you at the graveside when you put me and Millie Li and Lillian with Ted. There is no funeral. There is no wake. There is nothing. Promise me. And I had to promise her. And then I took the last flight, like the red eye flight out. And here I am. But you know what? Those are her wishes. And it's, it may sound kooky to you or to me or to anybody, but that's what she wants. And that's by God, what she's going to get. So Sherry, I it sounds kooky to every single weekend. person listening right now. Do you think? Yes, I do. Max, do you think it sounds kooky to everybody? Max? <sighs> no, not everybody, but a large majority. Yes, I would say. Yeah. Listen, that's my mother. Like, she's asking me to make that promise. You have so, to do it. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. But of course, you know, so I come, I come staggering through the door. My husband's like, well, it must be. I had to scoop the litter box for three days. It must be nice to have had a freaking fun weekend in Utah. I'm like, <laughs> I was at a crematorium. But no one believes me. It's so you know, like, I, I believe you. I believe you. I just yeah. have never heard of So kicking off Monday with a smile. Um, <laughs> when your parents ask you for something, no matter how insane it sounds to others, you it does do no it. harm to promise you got to yeah. do it. All right, coming up on the show today, we have comedian Jaron Myers. There's a new dieting hack that may be the ultimate one because you're actually going to want to do it. We got that all coming up for you straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. So if you're just joining us, I had a very whirlwind, I mean crazy, like fly in, spend the night, take the red eye back visit with my mom because she's getting up there and she needed me. I'm the, I'm her executor and my mom is very, very organized. She's like my youngest child. Everything has to be buttoned up and in its place. And it was causing her anxiety that she had made these decisions and plans and I wasn't physically in the room to talk to about it. So the weekend wasn't all fun and games. You know, it wasn't all trips to the crematorium and visits to the dog's ashes. We went to this restaurant that is in the town where my mom lives. And here's the deal, Bob. They bring these smoldering hot volcanic rocks to your table and everybody gets a smoldering hot volcanic rock. And then they bring you ingredients and you cook your meal like one bite at a time on the smoldering volcanic rock. <clears throat> now, I know that it's I'm called hell. It, it's called hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at your face and you think you wouldn't like it. But imagine like so my mom said, this is the place this is the only place I eat red meat. 
because I can cook every bite exactly the way I want it right before I eat it. So everything is like super hot and fresh. And so we, we ordered a steak and, you know, some vegetables or whatever. And the server brings out with like these like blacksmith tongs or whatever. And they put these smoking hot rocks in front of you. And they tell you a whole bunch of times that the rock is hot, which is good because I think you could cook your hand. And then you just cook your food one bite at a time on the hot rock. And you look like you would hate this, but it was a really fun restaurant experience. Why I went to a restaurant. This? I went to a restaurant like that when my kids were, uh, I don't know, 10 or 11. And they had friends whose parents liked that sort of thing. So we had to go to it. And they loved it. They'd love to see me over there cooking it. And they'd come over and they'd watch me cooking it. And I'm standing there. And this restaurant is expensive. It is oh, yeah. very expensive. And, and, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm doing the work. You know? I'm, I'm, not, I'm the cook. And I'm cooking it. And still I'm paying a lot of money for, for this. I, I just, I could never get that. If I go to a restaurant, well, I want somebody to, to cook for me. Well, this was really, I mean, this was fun because it was like interactive and, and the food was great. I had never, yeah. I mean, I've heard of places where you cook your own steak, but I'd never heard of or been to a place where they bring you a big slab of molten lava to cook your food on. That was really fun. And it got me to thinking like my mom, and I did not inherit this from her. My mom has Mick Jagger lips and a jackrabbit metabolism. Like my mom was one of those people that no matter how hard she tried, she could never keep weight on. I want you to just sit with that for a second. She, she, I bet she had no girlfriends. She, she must have had absolutely no girlfriends. So, I mean, to this day, my mom's doctor is always like, Franny, you need some calories. So much so that last Christmas, 2021 or whatever that, that was, we got her a monthly ice cream subscription. So every month, like a couple of pints of fancy ice cream would get delivered so that she nice. would get some extra calories. I, yeah, yeah. I cannot tell you what it's like. Cause when, when I go visit my mom and we go out, this is like, like a real treat for her. Cause she doesn't, you know, go out by herself like that. She unhinges her jaw and eats the entire restaurant. And I'm over here going <laughs> between the Mick Jagger lips and the jackrabbit metabolism. I'm not, I'm not, even like a little bit salty, like I'm the whole shaker, like I'm so pissed off about it. And then after consuming like these mass quantities of food, she'll say, I'm in the mood for ice cream. What? What is this? What is this witchcraft? So then, and her favorite place is Cold Stone Creamery. And she'll go, and we go from the rock, the molten rock slabs to the polar ice frozen slabs. It's like a whole slab situation. And, I, and I'm thinking... I, what what did I get? Like, how is it that when the genetic roulette wheel spun, I I got my father's short Sicilian famine peasant genes, while this willowy gazelle who is eating an entire cow and can't keep weight on how? It is unfair. And and she gave birth to three kids. No, she gave she lost twins. They died shortly after they were born. She gave birth wow. to five kids. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So after I watched that, I mean, I've been to the crematorium. I've promised to mingle the dog's ashes. I've watched my mother eat 8,000 calories 
and then polish off some ice cream. I said to her, Mom, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to need to see what else you're leaving me in this will because I'm a little pissed right now. I'm going to need some jewelry out of this trip. Morons in the News is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Lowe's. Shop in store or online at Lowe's.com. It's Bob and Sherry. Get these morons off the air. With Morons in the News. Okay, uh, Sherry, hop into the time machine and go back just a few years. Do you remember in Palm Beach County, Florida, do you remember the moron in the news story that we had about the teenager who was posing as a doctor and giving women physical examinations? Yes. Yes, I do. do. I can even, I can close my eyes and see his face. Yes. Do you remember his name? His name was Malachi Love Robinson, and the local press was calling him Dr. Love, which to me was a bit on the icky side. Well, guess what? He's back in the news. I'm just going to read this story. The teen who gained international notoriety after opening his own medical clinic and practicing medicine without a license has been sentenced to 28 months in prison on separate fraud charges. Malachi Love Robinson, Dr. Love, who is now 24 years old, was convicted on fraud and grand theft charges. According to a police report, Dr. Love was working for United States of Freight, a shipping broker, when he was arrested 15 months after being released from prison. So he gets out of prison for doing these exams and other medical procedures. 15 months later, He goes to work for a company as their in-house doctor. He had people take the bills that he would give them and then just wire the money to an account. There was almost $3,000 in the the account. Uh, They did it via PayPal or or uh, Venmo. So he's going back to jail once again, and he he still looks. he He has a baby face. He still looks like he's just about 15 years old. Is there, is there any way that when we send him to prison this next time, we could enroll him in online medical school? Because he needs to I be. don't think I, my actual it's the only thing doctor. That's going to stop him. Can yeah. I tell you what's funny about I don't think my this? actual doctor wants to practice medicine as much as Malachi Love Robinson does. I know. When I know. we did this story, Sherry said, this is not the last time we'll hear from him, but these type of people that run these sorts of scams that are sociopaths do it again. And she was right. She was absolutely right. Yeah. She was absolutely yeah. right. So he's going back to jail once again. Dr. Love is taken off the street. And I'm looking at his picture, and this is him at 24. I'm telling you, folks, he looks 15. When he was, I don't know what he was, 17, 19, something like that when they caught him, he must have looked about 12 years old. I mean, yeah, do, you like n- do you not pause when you walk in and, you know, you're in a gown and in comes, you know, a 14-year-old boy? Good Lord. I'm telling you, Doogie Howser made this kind of shenanigans yeah, possible. Yeah, you may be right. You know, here comes a, an actual child to do your exam, and you're like, what right. do I know? I can't yeah, do math. Yeah, exactly. Maybe this yeah. is a genius. It's hard to get All an right. appointment. File today's moron of the day as no good deed goes unpunished. This happened in Sanibel in Florida. A man bent down to wash his hands in a pond and was attacked by an alligator. He was able to free himself from the alligator and called 911. Police came and said that he had a serious injury to his arm from the alligator attacking him. 
They had to bring in Florida Fish and Wildlife officers to capture the alligator. I, I don't know that, I mean, I appreciate that you want to wash your hands, sir. And I think we're all grateful that you want to be clean. But dipping your hands in a gator-infested Florida pond? There wasn't a gas station nearby. <laughs> Seriously. You know, you know, the storm, that big storm wiped out so many of the homes and businesses in Sanibel. But here's what it never gets. It never gets rid of the alligators. They've been, they're dinosaurs. They will never go away. And we have to respect them and give them their territory. Yeah, don't and go I near think, an alligator. I think he must have thought, like, well, I don't see a gator, and I'm just going to yeah. stick my hands in really quick. Yeah, but yeah. you know, they camouflage themselves. And then here comes this beast and clamps down on his arm. And he was lucky mm. that he freed himself because he could have been dragged mm. into one of those gator wrestling death roll situations that's right yeah all right that is morons in the news coming up next it's good to share a name with a famous person especially if that name gets you invited to play golf in the masters tournament have you heard about this this is such a great story we got it for you next it's bob and sherry true weird stuff in each episode of true weird stuff we'll take a look at something that's you know well true and weird Subscribe now and become part of True Weird Nation. We're all about curiosity here. And that's true weird stuff. True weird stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. If you're a golfer or a golf fan, the Masters is like a great big deal, right? And the week before Christmas, the Masters sent out invitations to all of the golfers that qualified to play. And Scott Stallings, who did qualify for the Masters by reaching the Tour Championship last year, did not get his invitation. He was checking his email every day. He was checking his postal mail. He thought maybe his wife had hidden it. And was going to surprise him at Christmas. Nothing came. Nothing came. And then the mystery was solved. The Masters did invite Scott Stallings to play. The problem is they sent the invitation to the wrong Scott Stallings. They sent the invitation to Mr. Scott Stallings of St. Simons Island, Georgia, who enjoys golf, but did not qualify for the Masters. So that Scott Stallings reached out to the real Scott Stallings and said, hey, Scott, My name is Scott Stallings as well, and I'm from Georgia. My wife's name is Jennifer, too. I received a FedEx today from the Masters inviting me to play in the Masters tournament. I'm 100% sure this is not for me. So how does the story end? I I hope that he gets gets a ticket. And that is exactly what's going to happen. The right Scott Stallings is going to play in the Masters, and the wrong Scott Stallings is going to be the guest of the right Scott Stallings. That's a great story. And you know what? Jim Nance will cover that when, when the Masters comes up in a few weeks. That's imagine, that's a great story. Can you imagine how it felt to be the golfer, Scott Stallings? And, I know. you know, your your invite never comes. <laughs> your feelings are like you're, you're, you're nervous, you're scared. Like, I qualified. Where's my invitation? It, it's not like it's the Hartford, Connecticut Open either. I mean, it's the Masters. It's the Masters. Masters, yeah. It's one of the two top in the world. So it's a a goofy story and a silly mix-up that's going to end in a dream 
experience for the wrong Scott Stallings. Coming up, we got Bob and Sherry small plates, comedian Jaron Myers, and the ultimate diet hack is Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. It is time now for Bob and Sherry's small plates, a look at stories that you may have missed from around the USA and indeed the world. And we start out across the pond, as they say. Tomorrow is the release date for Prince Harry's memoirs. It'll be on January the 10th. The name of the book is called Spare. And that's a nod to his status as the younger brother, the heir and the spare. Did you watch any of the uh, Prince Harry and Meghan special on uh, Every Netflix? minute of it. You yes, know, I watched most of it, and I'm just going to say, and it probably is not a popular uh, look at it, um, I felt kind of uh, sorry for them in a way. I, I, I felt uh, sympathetic toward their plight. I also think that they would very much like to get back into the uh, arms of royalty, the father and the uh, brother and all, but they are so far in this now that there's no turning around because they would look foolish if they said, eh, maybe we overreacted. I think they did feel all of the pain. I think he is still suffering from the loss of his mother and has all his life. And uh, I felt sympathy for them. How about you? I, you know that, um, that I am team Megan and Harry and I feel very sad for Harry. The thing that I came away feeling was there is always a path back for Harry. He will always be able to find a place of welcome and redemption. I think that this poor woman that he's married to, I don't think she'll have a moment's peace the rest of her life. Yeah, you may be right. And by the way, the British people are not happy with them overall. Some are supportive, but you can buy that book online, pre-ordered today for half the price that you would see it in a bookstore. It's, it's already dropped in price. So the, uh, yeah. you know, the rush of want for that book is uh, lower than you would have thought. Uh, next uh, plate here on Small Plates. Most of us have not decluttered our home in two and a half to three years. Who's the woman that's famous for that? Marie? Marie Kondo. Sp- yeah, Marie Kondo. Spark- it has to spark joy or something. Yeah, most of us say, yeah, that's not my type of joy. Here's here's my joy, this bottle of Tito's over here or whatever. Uh, two and a half to three years, we just don't get around to doing it. And uh, you know what? We're guilty in my house. There's We have some cabinets in the kitchen and in the living room, uh, in, in bookcases with closed doors. There's stuff in there that just we never use. There's a big head of a porcelain cat that is on <laughs> one of the bookshelves. That as soon as we found out that uh, Landon was pregnant, Mary Mary was in a secondhand store and she said, "I'm going to buy this giant cat head and I'm going to put cookies in it. And when uh, Christian comes over, I'll say, "Here's the kitty head. Who wants to go in?" He went in there, got the cookie, and walked away. But the cat's head is still staring at me every time I walk by it. We haven't decluttered. Next plate. A poll of couples found that 27% of married people admitted to putting on their lover's underwear at least once in the past year. 43% of women wear their men's uh, boxer shorts. Mary, Mary steals mine every once in a while. If it's a really good-looking pair 
of uh, boxers and it seems kind of roomy. She'll lounge around in them on a Sunday afternoon and I'll say, why are you, th- those are some of my favorite underwear. She'll say, never mind, just don't be that way. And then she turns away and, she's, and she steals them. 13% yeah, but how many of men. Times, how many times have you borrowed her thong so you wouldn't have visible lines? I mean, be fair, Bob, you know? If L- you can listen have to hers, this. why can't she have yours? Listen, listen to this, 13% of men Confess to wearing a pair of their wives' panties. Huh? Who, who are these guys? What? Why you? Why would you put on your wife's panties? Maybe you're curious to know what that silkiness feels like. Maybe you were doing it to be playful. You know the guys that I I played golf with, right? I want you to get the, their their faces in your head again because it's been a while. Okay. okay there's I'm Jim. There's Bob. There's Charlie. Pat, yeah. And there's Pat and uh, Marshall, right? Oh, please. Can you picture any of those guys wearing their wives' underwear? Huh? I want you to not picture even, Jim. Not even a, a playful 100% cotton boy short. No, I can't picture it. I can't picture that at all. And those are guys that I've spent years, you know, hanging out with on Saturdays. I cannot picture one of those guys doing that. Who are these 13% guys? I mean, do it, whatever, whatever rings your bell. I mean, it's fine. You know, I don't, I don't you know care. What? They're, they're guys who think that it's just an article of clothing. You know, what, what difference does it make? What it's made of or what we call it. Now, I, I you, can't... Know what hap- you know what would happen to me? Here's what would happen to me. I, I read this article and I'm going, geez, I wonder, I wonder what the appeal is. She's out of town. Let me, let me put on a pair of her panties. And then I go to get some dog food or something at the store, and I get in an accident. <laughs> Seriously. And yeah, you know you the nurses are the all house. saying, you know that, you know that radio guy down there. Whew, I just checked him in. And... On the days that you wear your wife's underwear, you cannot go anywhere. You have to stay home. Yeah, that's right. You got to plan ahead, and you have to stay home. I'm going to write that down. Make a note so of that. that to put that. Yeah. Make a note of that. Thank you. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Max sent me this really interesting story about how nostalgia is now taking over the grocery store. Um, People in the last year went wild for throwback snacks that go all the way back to your childhood. And depending on on what, um, if you're like a millennial or a Gen Z or a boomer, going back to your parents' childhood. So you want to mm-hmm. hear some of these? The number yeah. one, the number one snack that really had a moment are Drake's ringdings. I didn't even <laughs> know they still made ringdings. I, didn't I knew either. they still made ding-dongs, but I didn't know that right. they, they still made ringdings. So what's the difference between um ringdings and ding-dongs? I'm not really <laughs> sure because they seem to me to be both chocolate cake filled with white creamy frosting and dipped in chocolate wax. I think they're exactly the same. I think I think they one of them came first and the other, another company said, "Oh, boy, they're making some money with these ring ding things. What a stupid name. Let's find an even stupider name and make some money. Let's call them ding dongs." Ding dongs. You know, when I was um when Max sent me this and I was reading it, I had this like epiphany. I realized that as a child, all of my conception of wealth, like anytime I thought about, "Oh, these people are rich or this is what it's like to be rich." It was always yeah. food. It was always food. Is that right? Wow, so I basic. So basic. Like I never thought about clothes or cars or cars. houses or anything yeah. like that. 
But, you know, the kids who came to, who brought their lunch from home to school and had ring dings and ho-hos mm-hmm. and Pop-Tarts and wait Ho-hos. for it. Ho-hos, yeah. The champagne of childhood beverages, Yoo-Hoo. You yeah, people got Yoo-Hoo that's right. money? You got mm-hmm. ho ho and you who money? That's money. And the idea, like every once in a while, um, there was this one kid, and I just assumed that their parents were fabulously wealthy because this kid would get on the school bus in the morning with a whole package of Pop Tarts and a, and a you who. Mm. Breakfast of champions. Right I'm in like, your you face. Know what? When I grow up, I'm going to mm-hmm. be rich and I'm going to live on nothing but ho ho's and Pop Tarts and you who. I won't have any teeth, but yeah. That didn't come to pass, but I do have all my teeth. Okay, so here's the next one. Mini powdered sugar donuts had a huge moment in um, 2022. Hostess Mm. individually wrapped coffee cakes. Oreo cakesters. Now, this this doesn't seem like it should be nostalgic because it, it was only launched in 2007, but then they discontinued it in 2012 and people lost their mind because that's what humanity really gets into revolution mode for is when you right. give us the Oreo cakesters and then you take the Oreo cakesters back. So they've, they've come back out. Um, General Mills released all their monster cereals in like special packages and then brought back the vintage boxes, Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry, Fruit Brute, an unbelievable surge in sales. Do you think the reason for this was COVID? We were in the house so much more and not going out to restaurants and missing the good old days. I think, and yeah, we want it comfort. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what we I want think. want it comfort. Smucker's right. Uncrustables, which I have, oh, oh my God, no, Smucker's Uncrustables, it's a, pe- it's a frozen peanut butter and jelly sandwich oh, on, yeah. in crustless white bread. Yeah, and it's yeah, shaped. Yeah. It's got kind of crimped around the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, it it gives you all of the fabulous gourmet pleasure of undercooked pie crust and green <laughs> peanut butter. Like, I've never understood it. But here's one. Oh man, these were this was rich people food when I was a kid. Drake's yodels. Do you remember what a yodel is? It's different from a ding dong, a ring ding, or a ho ho. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it sounds fancier, doesn't it? You know, effective immediately. Let's all like just let's stop calling ourselves Bob and Sherry, Max and Doc. We each ding ding and ho ho. Yeah, I'll be ho ho. You be ding dong. <laughs> Max, do you want to be yodel or ring ding? Sherry, you don't want to be ho ho. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and you wouldn't. You know what? Tony would say, hey, "Listen, man, I hate to tell you, but uh, she's a girl. She cannot be ho ho. You're ho ho. I don't want to be ho ho, man." <laughs> It is what it How is. About, maybe Doc can be Dunkaroo, because Dunkaroos yeah. are back. Um, 3D Doritos, barbecued Fritos, Enemans chocolate chip cookies, all the nostalgic snacks are back. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, if we could do it all over again, if we had the courage, we should have called ourselves Ding Dong and Ho Ho. We any- would be cleared on more radio stations, way Not- more. If we were Ding Dong and Ho Ho, we'd be retired mm-hmm. right now. We'd have made we enough money to retire. That's right. That's right. And we'd have laughed all the way to the bank, Ding Dong. Yeah. And the the, uh, the newspaper on our retirement would say, Ding Dong and Ho Ho, who gets the last laugh now? <laughs> and there would be a picture of us like on our yacht or something. Yeah. Boy, we screwed right. up. We're so stupid. 
I All right. Know. Everyone needs to laugh with comedian. <laughs> On that note, Jared Myers next. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code Bob and Sherry 22 at HelloFresh.com slash Bob and Sherry 22. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here's comedian Jaron Myers. Do we have any iPhone people here? iPhone people, where are you at? Yeah, okay. Listen, this is the holy grail. All right? If you have an iPhone, you have a function on your phone called AirDrop. And if you don't know, you can send any photo you want to somebody else who has AirDrop on, right? Oh, don't get weird on me. Don't tense up, all right? If they've got AirDrop, you can just one click of a button, boop, right? Send any picture you want. I have a portfolio of dead possum photos. Yeah. And I sit at Starbucks, the airport, wherever I'm at, and I wait till your name pops up, and then I just... Right? And I look around for the person who goes, what the? <laughs> who did this? <laughs> for hours. Because <laughs> it just pops up and it says accept or decline. I was on a layover at the airport and I'm just sitting there and I'm just getting people with possums, right? And there's a girl working on her laptop and she's facing the other way. And so I see Kat's MacBook pop up. So I just... And I see it pop up on her screen. The game has begun. It pops up, her whole body goes. And then she declined it. I know. And she left her airdrop on. So I send another one, just boop, right? And this time she slams her hand on the table and she looks at the guy across from her almost like she knew he was gonna do it. And to be fair, he looked like he was gonna do it, right? Like, so he's, like, you know, he's got long hair, really tight pants, all right? He looks at the guy that goes on a mission trip and comes back and you're like, hey, how was that mission trip? And he's like, actually, I go by promise now. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> Michael started drinking the essential oils. Uh, so, so Promise is confused. She's confused. I'm in tears behind them, right? And she's mad, real mad. Uh, look around the airport, ready to fight. Um, and if you haven't learned this about me already in our short time together, I'm willing to take things too far. <laughs> Because I'm sitting behind her, and I take a picture of her. (laughs) (laughs) So she whips around to see an empty row of seats because I already moved to the other side of the room. She's spooked, all right? Now she's looking around the airport, she's screaming at people, she looks at Promise, and he's like, I don't know what's going on! (laughs) And so she runs away to a different terminal, right? And then an hour later, I'm sitting here, I'm like, this is the best day of my life. I said, there's no way this could get better. 
But God is good. It was an hour later, I'm boarding my flight. And who gets on my plane? Cat. Round two. All right. Yeah, now she's walking down the thin plane aisle. I'm leaning out, right? She bumps my arm with her leg, and I look up and I say, Sorry, cat. She goes, What did you say? I said, Sorry about that. claims she's looking around ready to fight someone in the airport like she works for United, all right? <laughs> and here's what I didn't think through is that all of my travel cases have Jaren Myers spray painted real big on the side, right? <laughs> the only thing she knows is that my name is Jaren Myers because that pops up, just so you know. <laughs> so she knows my name is Jaren Myers and I want to share dead possums with her. <laughs> So she sees those cases, now she's red with anger, and I just have to wait her out. So she finally, like I wait 20 minutes, and she's looking around, she finally gets in the cab and goes home. And I realize that eventually, she's gonna Google my name. <laughs> and I'm not gonna be there to witness her see my website. <laughs> that I updated. <laughs> to say, Jaron Myers is a comedian that died in 2011. Ladies, I think he's still available. Uh, that oh, sounds like the you? kind of guy you want to spend the rest of your life with. Can you imagine having this happen to you anywhere, much less in an airport? We'll post this set up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. I saw a screenshot from a BBC News story, you know, BBC out of uh, England, and it was a story about the Water Research Center. And they did an uh, interview with a guy who is the head of the Water Research Center. His name is Andrew Drinkwater. How is, I ask you how that is possible. How is it possible? His name, first of all, I've never heard of the name Drinkwater. I'm sure, you know, they have quirky names in England. But um, Andy Drinkwater is the head of the Water Research Center. Do you think when they were deciding who was going to get the promotion to be the head of the Water Research Center, I, I might have it been two or three people? Yeah, I think yeah, it was I think a factor. It was a too. factor. I do. Yeah. Um, but it also makes you wonder because Andy got into the fast paced and exciting world of water management right. on purpose. Makes you wonder if from childhood, you know, the name was a destiny. That's what I was thinking, too, and I think it was. was and it I don't already? blame the people who put him in that position. Because, uh, I mean, I would do the same thing if I'm on the committee. I'm going, oh, yeah, it's going to be drink water. Even if I don't say it to reporter. He was a TV reporter for one of the big networks whose name was Terry Drinkwater. You know, I remember that vaguely. You're right. You're exactly right. Huh. Can you imagine if Drinkwater reported on Drinkwater? That'd be something. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really something there. So uh, anyway, you know, life is strange and somehow 
just has a I way swear. of working things out. I swear, sometimes people with those kind of names, I, it shapes their destiny because you see this yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It could be a first name. It could be a last name. You're exactly right. But it sends you that way. What's his name? Yeah. Andy Drinkwater. Well, congrats Andy on Drinkwater. By, by the way, I know we're running out of time, but, you know, were you a little ticked off when the scientific report came out about three weeks ago saying, hey, that whole thing about drinking 15 gallons of water every day to keep hydrated? Yeah, that was wrong. You don't it's need more than lie. four or five glasses a day in order to be uh, hydrated. Well, that kind of ticked me be- off. Just don't believe anything you hear. Just do whatever you please. Yeah. <laughs> or ask or ask Andy Drinkwater. You know? Yeah, he knows. He knows. Drinkwater, what should name. I do? Drinkwater. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. And good it's luck Bob to him and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Oh, let's hit the fun phone at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERRY. Um, now, you can also download our free app. It's in Google Play and the Apple Store. And with the app, you can listen to the show, take it around with you anywhere you go, plus all of our podcasts. You can text the studio, and we have contests and all sorts of cool things. And there's a little microphone in the bottom center of the screen. If you tap it and talk, the app will do the rest. Good morning, Bob and Sherry. This is Shelley from Marion, Iowa. And I opened up the paper this morning and saw an interesting article. It was about how Iowa now has a new favorite liquor. For the past decade, the Black Velvet Canadian Whiskey was the favorite liquor, but now it has been unseated by Tito's Handmade Vodka. So I know that that is your guys' favorite, and I thought that'd be interesting to let you know that Iowa now has Tito's as its number one drink. So I hope you all had a Merry Christmas, and take care. Bye now. Finally, the nation is following us. Our work is done. (laughs) (laughs) What What is meant by handmade vodka? Uh, As opposed to like marketing slogan. Yeah. Because I'm thinking I don't want hands. I wouldn't want hands in vodka, you know. I I couldn't tell either. I think it's just a sexy thing where you get in your mind what the uh, product's production facility is like. You know, I think it's in Texas, isn't it, Sherry? Handmade. Yeah, it's American made. You know, in Texas, there's it's just appealing. You know what was wild for me over Christmas break? So my daughter, Olivia, is old enough to drink legally. And so um, a couple of her roommate and a couple of her um, friends from school came and stayed with us overnight. And watching the three of them casually mixing a cocktail in the kitchen. Wow. (laughs) It's kind of like... It's kind of like like you walk into the kitchen and there is your daughter and her friends and they're casually mixing themselves up a cocktail. It's like walking into the kitchen and the dog is talking on the phone. <laughs> Wait a minute. This this is crazy. And I know that you get used to it after a while. It's still kind of new for me. Like, wasn't it weird for you when the first time you took Landon out to dinner and she ordered a glass of wine? I, I can't even remember. But yeah, it wasn't a cocktail. I think it was a glass of wine. Uh, Allie doesn't drink Um, the thing that really confused me for a while was when Madison said she's talking to her mother and she'd been in college for a couple of years and she was talking to her mother and and she said, well, you know, I need to find a new dress because uh, I'm going to a cocktail on Friday. I went, what do you mean you're going to a cocktail? You're going to, you're going to spend time with a drink. I mean, what is that? And the two of them looked at me like I was from 1840, you know? And then, of course, what do I do? What I should do is just 
Shut up, Bob. Shut up. That's, yeah. that's just what the youth are calling a get-together. But no, I've got to jump in. And I, I'd like to point out that if, if, you know, I'm not really that excited about this whole thing. I know there's going to be some underage drinking there. And uh, it would be called a cocktail party. That's what, uh, in my generation, we would say, oh, we're going to a cocktail party. We would not say, uh, we're going to go to a cocktail. And the two it's of them. It's a Greek ju- thing. It's a sorority frat yeah. thing. Yeah, it, it is. I, I and that's eventually, not your world I discovered at all. that. Oh, that's did not you, my world. It never was. No, Bob. Did you? This will be a test of your self control. After no, I, you went down the get off my cocktail lawn, did you mm-hmm. then say, "What do I know about fraternities? I was an exterminator's assistant when I was in college. I wasn't pledging fraternities." Did you go there, or did you keep it in your mouth? Uh, I did not go there, but I'm writing a note down because I'm going to call her. <laughs> Because I, I, need, I need to <laughs> tell her later finish why it my was thoughts. she didn't know about a cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> tell her tell her this. Say, Madison, when I was your age, my cocktail was a cocktail of poisons I was spraying to get rid of rats. It's true. The youth, even, the youth even when I was in college. Like you know, even when I was in college, I was working full time. There, there was no time for me to, you know, go to the college I went to, Roger Williams. I don't They didn't even have any Greek life. But, um, you know, I never went to college parties and all that. I miss that whole experience. I, and when I, when I hear about it, I'm kind of jealous. In a, in, you know, I'm, I am jealous because it just sounds so carefree and so much fun. And, you know, somehow does, you got it, the money, whether it's from your parents or the government or whatever. And you're just you're carefree. You got through. You had an early class. I'm sorry. Nobody. I none of the, my kids had early classes. You had you had a two o'clock class, and that was over by three. And there's the weekend, and you're going to a cocktail. Meanwhile, you know, I I'm going to pick up dead rats in a warehouse. When I you know why, <laughs> Bob? Do you, do you know why you're my favorite toy to play with, Chit Chat? Because you don't need batteries. I just wind you up and off you go. It's true. I know. The world owes me here and there. It, and uh, I'm not going to forget it. It does. All right. Make sure. Did you get the note finished? You can call Madison later and tell her about it. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I want to finish up early. She needs to know this. Hey, coming up in just a bit here, if you are one of the millions of gazillions of people that has set a New Year's resolution to lose some weight, there's a new dieting hack straight from science that's going to make it easier. And this one, you're going to love. You're going to love it. We got it coming up. It's Bobby Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. So um, one of our listeners asked me, I, I guess we had talked about your mom and dad a little bit before Christmas, and you kind of casually mentioned that they were 101. Uh-huh. So one of our listeners DM me and said, um, was Max kidding? His parents aren't really 101. And as I was getting ready to reply, I thought, they're 101. But when you say that out loud, it seems like, am I mistaken? So I said to Max, your mom and dad are 101, right? (laughs) That's right. They are. And Max said, yeah, they were born in 1922. No, they were born in 1921. 1921. And Bob said, that was before Bonnie and Clyde. And then we all just kind of sat here and went, damn, Max's parents have been around a long time. (laughs) You know, it's really the most amazing thing. Uh, outside of the fact that of obviously the longevity, 101 years, it's really just so impressive and remarkable. The two of them are 101. I don't know. You know, you hear about, and usually it's a woman 
who is 97 years old or 100 years old, and she's on the Today Show, and they bring her a cake or whatever. But her husband, you know, he died when he was like uh, 27. Right? <laughs> he's long you know, gone. Yeah, he's long gone. She, she... <laughs> Max's I... parents are like <laughs> engaged in some epic battle to see, you know, I'm not going before you, old man. Well, I'm not going before you, old woman. I, <laughs> They're going to end up being immortal. It's crazy. Some of it is to genetics because both of my parents had siblings uh, who lived into their 90s, but they also yeah. um, never smoked, uh, drank, uh, you know, a little champagne or a little wine now and again. So they were never uh, big drinkers. Uh, the exercise that they engaged in on a very regular basis was walking and they also uh, were very involved with church and uh, did a lot of charity work after, you know, after we got a little bit older. Well, even when we were kids, they did charity work. And so I really think that all of those things had a lot to do. They, they were delivering communion out to shut-ins until they were 88 years old. Max, I feel uh, bad enough about myself uh, without having to listen to this sort of thing. Jeez. But I do think that it has a lot to do with your. your yes, well, we know. Physically. We know it does. We know it does. We know it does. <laughs> I, um, I, it's I, the it's I the like decency. It comes about Bob. No matter what it is, it becomes. About All I can it's, think about Max. is is comparing myself. I'm sorry to them. Good it's lord. Their- yeah, it's their fundamental decency. Max, you're going to have to lie and tell them that every once in a while your mom would give a puppy a good hard kick just to, take, <laughs> just to get it out of her system. Because they really, I mean, your parents have really lived like textbook exemplary lives. They really have. They? Yeah, in a lot of ways. It's, it, it's almost like uh, something out of uh, a 50s television situation comedy, you know? It is. Going to. They don't Going build people like them anymore. Every week. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true as well. And you know, my father was 4F for World War II because he had had a a, a hernia injury when he played. He, he played semi-pro football, mm-hmm. and so um, he went and they, he was 4F. So he took his own money to have the surgery, and then went off and served in World War II. Good. It just keeps getting there. Worse. It is again. <laughs> So when you say you you try to compare yourself to your parents, you know, you go, (laughs) oh, that's not happening. You know. (laughs) (laughs) But you should see Bob's face. He's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is as foreign as it gets when I I think of my family. And I. Yeah, go ahead. My mother (laughs) was captain of her basketball team when she was in high school. And she graduated in the top 10% of her class. My father would have been valedictorian of his high school class except for typing. He did not get great grades in typing. Otherwise, he would have been valedictorian of his high school class. <laughs> what a slacker. He couldn't, he couldn't concentrate on the typing class. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, every once in a while, people go... I compare yourself. You shouldn't do that. And yeah. I go, yeah, I really shouldn't. You know, Texas when I look parents, at it, Sherry gave blood. I mean, they yeah. were just they the best that. people. Yeah. You and I were so much luckier than Max because, you know, my father was an anger ball, right? Who uh, would stand up and throw his plate of food against the wall. If the tax bill came in and it was too high, uh, went broke. I mean, I love the guy, but uh, just had tremendous problems with controlling his anger and his moods and his drink it it it's, it's just was a lot easier for me to raise the family up 
a notch, you know? Dude, all I had to do was not abandon my children and stay out of prison. That was all I had to do See, we were so to lucky. be a rock star. We were so much luckier yeah. than Max. Can I add one this more is, thing to this? This is an important glass half full moment right here. So, what, what was it? My, they, they smuggled themselves on so they could be on the moon my during Apollo? For, my father worked for AT&T at a time when they had a pension, right? I don't think they do anymore. He has been getting a pension almost as long as he worked for the company, like one year longer he worked for them than he's been getting a pension from them. Max, Their you can't stick one more plan that. Yeah. You can't stick one more knife in him. He's no. like slinking <laughs> down into his chair. You That's can't really say one more good, good thing about your mom and dad. Good for them. All right, them. straight ahead. If your New Year's resolution is to drop a few pounds, the dieting hack to end all dieting hacks. This is one you're going to like. It's easy. It's next. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is brought to you by Staples, the working and learning store. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this. I cannot believe this. What is the most standard, common, popular New Year's resolution right off the top of your head? To lose weight. To lose weight. Yeah. This is the time of the year when gyms are filled with people and People are doing dry January. And by people, I mean not this person. I did dry January last year. It was the longest, driest month of my life, and I'm never doing that again. So I'm doing I'm doing moist January, where I'm trying to not drink quite as much as I did during festive Christmas, but definitely not doing dry January. And a lot of people are on a diet right now. A lot of people are trying to make big-time changes in the way they eat. And it's really, really hard because food is really, really plentiful in America and super delicious. Here is a dieting hack that can actually help you stick to your diet and lose weight. This comes from an international team of researchers and medical professionals, and it's really simple. When you're sitting down to that salad or that veggie stir fry or whatever it is, what you need to be smelling is intense chocolate. There's something about this, the really overpowering, rich smell of chocolate, like the kind of chocolate smell that you get when you go into one of those fancy chocolate stores at the mall or when you're, when you're making something chocolate at home and you're standing over the stove. That really intense chocolate smell, which you can buy as an essential oil, put that on your T-shirt or dab it behind your ears or whatever and then sit down to eat. People who are exposed to the smell, that really intense, rich chocolate smell, people that are, composed, that are exposed to it for five minutes eat less, including less ice cream, less potato chips, less cookies, whatever it is. There's something about the smell of chocolate that, that like disrupts your appetite and your really? ability to eat a ton of food. I yeah. never would have guessed that in a million uh, right. years, the smell. So, so what, how do you, um, what's the best way to use as delivery system? If you want to get you this? some chocolate, um, essence of chocolate oil, because mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to have a ton of chocolate simmering in the house and that's just not going to be good. I, when I read this at first, I was like, Oh, I'm so sure. And then I thought about it. So, Remember when I, I told you guys um, when we got back together last week that for my cookie decorating thing this year, me and Uncle Sparkles baked 424 cookies. I also made blondies and a chocolate cake and a red velvet cake. 
And long story short, I barely ate anything from December 20th to December 27th. My, I just could not even think about food because mm. I had been in the kitchen day after day after day, um, suffocated by sugar and chocolate and butter mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of those things that are so delicious. But you know how it is when you, cause Max, you cook, you know how it is when you cook, you don't really have any appetite by the time you're no. finished. Uh-uh. Right now make 424 cookies and tell me that you feel like eating a cookie like anytime soon. So there's something to this. And the other smell that can work on you is cinnamon rolls. So they, they have found that although the smell of Cinnabon at the airport pulls you into Cinnabon, the more you smell it, the fewer cinnamon rolls you actually buy and the fewer cinnamon rolls you actually See, that doesn't make eat. any sense to me at all. I agree. I, the, the smell seems to be like this uh, siren call of fat to you, you know? I mean, you go, you go by one of those places in the mall. They're not hiding those smells. Not at all. Here is, this is what it said um, about the, this is what this um, finding said about cinnamon rolls. Um, it, ca- it counterintuitively causes dieters to buy fewer cinnamon rolls because dieters typically have a goal to eat less. And when they smell something really indulgent, it reminds them of that goal. And even if they buy a cinnamon roll, they're going to get a smaller one and they're going to eat less of it. Huh. And it, now it only applies if you're trying to lose weight. If you're a person that could care less and you're not worried about that and you're just, you know, cruising through the day, by God, unhinge your jaw and eat anything you can get in there. But if you're trying to lose weight, this is this is when this works on you. And it's doesn't it sound completely insane? And it yet does. it works. It works. It does it does sound insane. I, I didn't I didn't know that you could find essence of chocolate anywhere. Um, but that I don't know where to find to it's probably on Amazon. Um, they actually said this is so effective that gyms should consider pumping in really indulgent food smells to motivate people who are working out. So is it is it more than just chocolate? Could it? It's be- chocolate. It's it's that on that holy trinity of chocolate, butter, sugar, cinnamon, okay. butter, sugar. It's indulgent foods. Right, maybe right. like maybe if you're really carnivorous, like the smell of a steak being seared would work on you this way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But basically, if you're if you're about to like in an hour or two sit down to a salad and you feel very sad and desperate, get your face buried in a chocolate bar and see if that doesn't help a little bit. And then let us know. We'll post this up on Facebook so you can see it for yourself. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. In the New York Times, they had an article just a couple of days ago that I saved for everybody. The best advice you received or gave in 2022. And very quickly, I'm just going to move through it. This first one came from Terrence Real, who's a family therapist and author. And Terrence said, intimacy is not something you have. It is something that you do. Someone also said, never fry bacon in the nude. That one has been around for a while. Someone said, instead of asking what's new, try what did you do today? It's a good reminder, even though there is a lot of change happening in your life. You cannot learn anything when you are talking. That came from Linda Zimmerman of Austin, Texas, and I think that's true. 
This one is really interesting. A woman named Valerie Rosenfield from Oakland, California. Her advice that she's taking this year is walk toward the monster. That means the pain, the scary thing in your life, the grief, walk toward it. And, and I agree with that. As somebody that has had to do that a few times in my life, the monster ain't going away. <laughs> the monster is not going away. You have got to confront it. This is from uh, Stephen Brenner, who is from New Haven, Connecticut, is a uh, pediatrician and says, my best advice is that COVID is still around. Continue to wear a high quality mask. You either are or you're not. And I find this one sweet. Notice the signs of loneliness on the bus, uh, in a line, in a cafe, in the supermarket. And just remember that one person may just need to hear another human being say, it's a beautiful sunny day, don't you think? So there you go. A few new ways to uh, make somebody's life a little bit better in 2023. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. The New York Times had an article the other day that I looked at, and the title was, Why is it so hard for men to make close friends? American men are stuck in a friendship recession. Hmm. And they, they talk about a party that a guy named Aaron and Matt go to with a group of seven men they befriended when they were all second graders in Plainville, Plainview, New York. At the dinner, one of the friends wins the Man of the Year prize, which is a silly trophy, and they all laugh. It's not really about the trophy, uh, he said, uh, and it's about the tradition that keeps us close. The friends jockey for the prize for uh, runner-up. I think, there's the quote, I think men have been convinced that success in life does not necessarily include friendship, that if they're successful at work, or they've started a family, they have won. I think that's true. I think it is true. Almost all of my friends, I mean, I have acquaintances that I've, uh, mainly because of Mary, uh, brought into my life, but they're not people that I call up and I say, hey, are you doing anything this afternoon? Let's go out and get a pizza or something like that. Most of my friends are from years and years ago, whereas women, and my wife, again, is the perfect example, After we moved, it took her about a year to all of a sudden have, I would say, 12 close friends. As a matter of fact, uh, they're getting together tonight for for book club. I don't have a guy book book club, so I think it probably is the case, not for all guys, but for most men, you hit a certain age and you say, yeah, I got enough friends. Um, I'm doing well at my job. I have a family I've supported and continue to support. And I'm successful. That Kevin feels like I'm good. I got enough friends. Um, you're always talking. We have so many children. <laughs> Just leave me alone. Like I'm done. I'm good. And I'm not that way at all. I'm like, oh, let's meet people. <laughs> let's go meet the new neighbors. He doesn't want any part of it. But is it Kevin and me? I mean, Kevin and I have nothing in common in many ways. Uh, he he built the deck on the back of my house. Um, I, I have no skills in that area at all. We really grew up differently. We grew up in a you know very nice family with a doctor for the father and all of that. And I, I've uh, you know talked about my uh, upbringing before. Nothing, nothing in common. And yet, uh, as adults, we do have some things in common. And what we're discussing here with lack of need for new friends, male friends, 
I think um, it might be a man thing. That, it might be know, a man thing, yeah. It's a man thing, and it's an introvert thing. Like, that is, you You and Kevin might not have a lot in common, but you are both introverted, and that is an introvert thing. Like, I'm good. I got enough people here. Don't add more people to this. Don't you he, think? He's, he's able to fake the introverted thing, isn't he? I mean, am. Like, well, like, can he fake being extroverted? Yeah. With ease. I, can he do that? For a minute. Because I can do that. At I mean, look what I do for a living. We're going to go and meet some people we've never met before. They could be clients. They could be listeners. They could be, uh, I don't know. I, I uh, you know, for doing a fundraiser or something, I have to engage people. It, I don't f- consider it being phony. <laughs> I consider it, I've got to rise to the occasion. And, and I'm not, you know, ready to have a nervous breakdown over it. It's just given the preference, I prefer a little bit you know, more peace and quiet. He, he can do it, but he has, there's, he's got about 90 minutes. That's 90 it. minutes. And then, yeah, yeah that's all he's that's got. That's all he's got. And then you can, like, I can watch the battery draining and he's done after 90. So you have to, you have to be really strategic about where you wind him up and send him because he's, you've only got an hour and a half before he's an he's hour done. and a half is not bad. I mean, who are these guys that can go three or four hours? Birthday clowns? Extroverts. The people's movie critic? Lamar. The people's, you could, you could drop Lamar off in a neighborhood yeah, in, a, in a town he's never been and tell him, just knock on doors till somebody lets you in. And yeah. by dinner time, you know, he's in the family photo albums and they're planning a vacation. Yeah. It and is it's hard the- for, it's hard for an introvert to understand. Like, that's how he yeah. works. I, th- I think it is just the way – do you think it has anything to do with how you're brought up or is it just the way you're wired? I mean, he was brought up, you know, in in a uh, single wide trailer in the middle of nowhere in, in the Georgia hills. That's how he's wired. At, and his it father has... was a uh, perpetual, you know, drunk. And, and yet <laughs> sure he's, he's – sure well, is. I mean, those are his words. Those are his – I'm not outing him with this or know, denigrating his family, but it's true. <laughs> He, Lamar, he you grew up with good... nothing and your daddy was all booze hound. How is it you're so friendly? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good question. He he doesn't worry about, you know, oh, I came from nothing. And the, he, he shows up with a with a cool looking silk bowling shirt, you know, and, and he's ready to go. Because he has great mental health. It's you're talking about nature versus nurture. It is in yeah. his nature to be a really people oriented, outgoing guy. It is not in your nature, Kevin's, to be that way. And you, you're able to overcome it. You can go so as many as four hours. Part of his success is he's in really good mental health. That implies that your husband and I... <laughs> oh, look, we are, are out of time. That's the stop talking no, music. No, we, we can still go some longer. I'd like to discuss exactly oh, how you came goodness. to that conclusion. Mm. Oh, I will say this. I have great news about cellulite. And that is something you've never heard anyone say before, ever. Great news about cellulite and you coming up. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. At a time in this country when one of the most popular cosmetic surgeries is also the deadliest, the Brazilian butt lift, uh, like one person dies per 3,000 operations over Christmas. I don't know if it was in your newsfeed, Bob, but Cardi B had her silicone uh, Brazilian butt lift implants removed. And do not, if you are going to get a BBL, 
Go to a real doctor. Like, don't find somebody on the internet who does it in their kitchen or garage because that has happened. That happened a bunch last year. A lot of people got really um, sick and not everybody made it. You cannot mm. have an unlicensed Brazilian butt procedure. So at a time you when You heard it that, here first. Yeah. At a time when that is everywhere, here is unbelievable news. It turns out that women who tend to collect fat around our thighs, hips, and buttocks, including mm-hmm. that subcutaneous fat that causes cellulite, it looks like this gives women extra protection against dementia and strokes. And really? that men who, who tend to carry visceral fat, which is like, you know, big belly fat, fat around your internal organs, mm-hmm. that's real, real bad fat. That's the kind of fat that triggers heart attack, stroke, and dementia. And it all has really? to do with fat is um, – this is so interesting – Fat is a really active thing in your body. It's There's a lot of hormone signaling and a lot of um, connections to inflammation and stuff. And by the way, this is not like um, a reason to run out and have a cheeseburger because, you know, mm-hmm. like they don't want you to gain weight, period. But um, fat is not just sitting there taking up space. Fat is communicating uh, with your body. And men are way more, just by biology, way more likely to store fat around their organs, which is why men get the big old beer belly. And that is why men have a much higher risk for things like heart attack and stroke. Because Isn't that, that interesting? So, so the male that. body, the male body is different from the female body as far as fat storage goes. Big time, that- yeah. Well, you, I mean, you kind of know that men don't tend to collect fat on their hips and thighs. Like it's true. you don't see, you don't see that kind of fat distribution. That's a female thing. But it turns mm-hmm. out that that kind of fat, yeah, we hate it. Nobody wants it. But right. if you're going to have fat on your body, you're better off with that subcutaneous fat and cellulite than you are with visceral or beer belly fat. Well, that's freeing, isn't it? That, that, that's a, for, for women, for women anyway. It, it is amazing. You're right. How uh, men, you know, get big, big bellies as uh, not all, obviously, as, as we get older. It used to be when I was a kid, it was always referred to as a beer belly. <laughs> Not so much anymore, but it was always called, oh, he's got that beer belly. And it was like an excuse. This guy's a good partier. He's a good guy. He's got the beer belly just because he, I like beer, right? But it, it's not just beer. I mean, it, it's, it's what it's you're just the way. And how much. It's just your biology. Men, yeah. you know, when men have fat, they tend to store it around their internal organs. And yeah. women, it tends to settle on our hips and thighs and buttocks. But um, if you, because women, God, we're so awful to ourselves. You know, we're like, oh, I hate myself. I'm so disgusting. Blah, blah, blah. Um, next time you look in the mirror before you tell yourself how much you hate yourself, take a look at that and go, well, here it is. And it's, Staying alive. If you have to have it. It's the better kind because it protects you against all these other bad things. So there you go. A little good news for your new year. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Elizabeth, how you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you for calling. So you ready for my (laughs) exciting fact? Yes. Uh Okay. Twinkies are not cooked in the oven, which is what most people would think. They're actually cooked in the truck. 
What do you mean? Uh, well, they make the batter up and they put them in the little wrappers and then they put them in the boxes and then they throw them in the truck because the first time they made Twinkies, they put them in the oven and then put them in the truck. But the problem was is that the truck gets too hot and so they doubled in size. So they figured out that just that it was okay just to put them in the truck raw and then by the time they get there, they're done. Max is not buying this. I'm having <laughs> this troubles is, this myself. This sounds this sounds wrong. No, I'm serious. This sounds wrong. I'm going to need backup on this, Elizabeth. I have a friend whose sister works at oh, the Twinkie plant. She works at the Twinkie plant. Yes, so that's they, how they, they make Twinkies. But then, how does the cream filling get into raw batter? The cream filling is already injected. in there. They it's make injected. a flat layer, and then they put the they make a flat layer of Twinkie, right? And then they put the raw batter in between, and then they put the the stuff on top. No, it's injected, I think. But it's cooked in the where, truck. Where is the where is the Twinkie factory? Tucson, Arizona. Wouldn't you know some of the Twinkies? I mean, what, wouldn't you have a consistency problem when you're baking raw Twinkies in delivery trucks? Some Twinkies might be a little undercooked. Some might be overcooked. See, that I never really figured out. <laughs> but I know that they're cooked in the truck. Sarah, can we can we try to find the Twinkie factory? Who in makes Tucson? Th- does Hostess make Twinkies? Hostess Twinkies, yeah. Yeah. Ho- it'd be the Hostess company, Hostess Twinkies in Tucson, Arizona? Yeah. Because <laughs> I bet there's a toll-free number we can call. Because, Elizabeth, I want to believe you. But the idea of a, of a commercial food company sending out raw product to cook from the heat of a delivery truck. I'm having I mean, a lot of problems with this. Even the Easy Bake Oven has more science behind it than that. But the last time I had a Twinkie, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Twinkies are delicious, but it does make me nervous, Elizabeth. Isn't there like a salmonella problem with sending out raw food? I think they may cook it beforehand to a point, but I know that the oh, first you're time that they cooked now. it, she's, she's the first time that they made Twinkies, they cooked them in the oven. And when they opened that Twinkie truck, it was like a big Twinkie nightmare. There was like, it was, they Whatever. doubled in size. Okay, here, I'm going to give you the weather for Tucson, Arizona today. Are you ready? <laughs> Bring it on. We're, it's 30 degrees there right now. <laughs> it's only going up. To 61 today. Which is a lot less than 375. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's not going to get real cooked in that truck today. The truck has onboard heating systems, maybe. Let's go to Elizabeth for her answer, Elizabeth. Uh, <laughs> but that's what I was told, and his sister worked at the Twinkie factory. First Twinkie nightmare was when they sent them cooked, and the heat of the delivery truck made them double in size. Exactly. So did so they burst out of their little cellophane jackets when they doubled, or did they just strain against, they bulged and strained against the plastic? I have no idea. You're All turning me on here. When they opened the truck, <laughs> the Twinkies were doubled in size, so they were twice as big as they would normally be, sort of like Super Twinkies. And the there's a lot of guys out there. Like there's a lot of guys out there wanting to move to Tucson. <laughs> there, are guys, there are guys right now in the kitchen uh, in front of the Hopping oven. the stove. <laughs> Elizabeth, Do we have a damn number for the Twinkie place yet? Elizabeth, <laughs> um, until a representative from Hostess disputes this, I will not allow you to be mocked. Thank you. But, but then after that, it's pretty much fair to mock me. If, if I'm wrong... Oh, I'm, if you're I'm wrong, we're going to we're gonna shred you, but I'm not going to allow you to be mocked until we can demonstrate that there is, in fact, no Twinkie nightmare and that they are not sending the, the dough out raw. No, I like you. You have a sexy voice. There's something about you. What is your husband? What's his rank now? He's an E4 specialist. Where is he, where is he today? He's uh, in the minivan. We're at Walmart because we, we heard your show, and so we decided to stop.
So the whole family's at Walmart this morning. <laughs> Just me and him. That we're the whole family. Who, who's defending democracy if your husband's at the Walmart? <laughs> there's some other people there. I mean, there's a lot of people. <laughs> some other people are taking up. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Elizabeth. Thank you. All right, bye bye. I don't want to have one of our listeners mocked and humiliated You're until we have already. You're stepping until away. we have information. Oh, look at this. Will you no, look this at is this what little, I said. You are a snake in the grass. Let's go to Mark. Mark Dirks, the director of marketing for Interstate Bakeries Corporation, which makes the Hostess Twinkies. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Sherry. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm fine. Have you had a Twinkie this morning? Uh, no, I haven't. Now, listen, Mark. Uh, is there any truth to this idea that Hostess sends out raw Twinkie dough wrapped in cellophane to be baked on the truck? Well, there are many fantastic things said about Twinkies, uh, and uh, not all of them are true. And uh, that's one that's not true. All right. All right. There tell, we us, go. tell us the how, actual how process. Twinkies are baked uh, in about uh, 20 different bakeries uh, throughout the country. Uh, we don't have a bakery in Tucson. We do, have one in, <laughs> we do have one in Los Angeles. They're pretty much baked the way you would bake cake at home. They're, uh, uh, the batter is, uh, is whipped up in a big mixer, and... Uh, Deposited in uh, in little Twinkie-shaped pans, and uh, and then put uh, put in a big oven. Uh, and 375 degrees is about the right temperature. And uh, when they come out of the oven, the cream is injected into the Twinkies while shoot them full the of cream, just yeah. as I said, just as I and said. And then they're wrapped in cellophane and put on the trucks. Well, for, then we have to take them out of the pans. Right. And uh, then they're cooled, and then they're uh, wrapped in, uh, it's actually, I think, polypropylene, and put on trays and put in the trucks. Now, and Elizabeth. fresh to your store. Mark, our, our caller, Elizabeth, who alleged that you were putting the raw batter in the, in the plastic and baking them on the trucks, also said that the reason for that was due to the great Tucson Twinkie nightmare where baked Twinkies were sent out on the truck where the heat of the truck caused them to double in size. Any truth to that? No. 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 There's no truth to that. Have you heard of the Twinkie Nightmare? No, I haven't heard of the Twinkie Nightmare. Outside of this call. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, thanks a lot for joining mm. us. Well, it, it was fun. Appreciate it. Have a good day. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. I read something that really, like, got me going, wow. Um, so, at the peak... Um, in the 80s, there were about 2,500 malls in America, right? 2,500 malls. Um, there are about 700 malls today. Wow. And a retail expert um, told the Wall Street Journal that in 10 years, there's only going to be 150 malls left in America. Does that not, like, sit really you down? Yeah, and... and um, Part of the reason I'm bringing this up now is a bunch of chains, a bunch of big chain retail stores announced that they were going to be closing, permanently closing locations um, across the country. And I'm talking like JCPenney, Macy's, Dick's, Sporting Goods, um, Dillard's is cutting. There's like all of these mall kind of standby stores. Anchor, anchor stores. Anchor stores is what they're called. Yeah, are shutting down. But the idea that, um, and you know, there's only a handful of Sears stores left. There's one in um, at the Valley Mall in Union Gap, Washington. They are shutting down. They're gone. Mm -hmm. So uh, the idea that the shopping mall, which everybody listening right now has grown up with, is is going the way of the dinosaurs 
kind of takes your breath away a little bit, doesn't it? Seriously. I mean, it, it was a part. It was a part of my childhood. It was a part of my high school years. I mean, I, I can't imagine that not being there. And and it's just, it's gone. Strange. The TV show Stranger Things will be the closest that younger listeners get to a shopping mall ten years from now. It's just amazing. So there you go. That's one that you didn't see coming as an endangered species. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.